My name is Chris Burns, and I'm the host of Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. And if you want to really define your life and learn skills to live your best life, then you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate podcast. On this episode, I have a fire interview with Chris Burns. Chris Burns has so much freaking energy, and it comes through on this interview so much. He's really one of my favorite people. So... I cannot wait for you to hear from him. Chris is the host of Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self, which is this crazy weekly 12-hour live streamed marathon, and then he turns that into a podcast. And 12-hour live stream, I'm not talking like a couple hours here and a couple hours here over 12 hours. He live streams for 12 hours straight because he is insane. Um, over the last three years, Chris has conducted more than 700 interviews of inter inspirational role models, influencers, and leaders. Clients hire Chris to help them start or grow their online show and encourage them to step into their greatest possible self and achieve higher levels of personal and professional performance. He does this by focusing on their purpose, presence, and platform. He also runs mastermind groups. Since hitting rock bottom at an early age and bouncing back stronger than ever, Chris Burns, aka Mr. Heartfire, has spoken on stages across the United States. He has been interviewed on Success Profiles Radio. He is also the Chief Growth Officer with Burn It Up Coaching the personal development company behind the marathon and the podcast. Before we jump into this interview with Chris, just a reminder that if you are starting to feel a little too isolated during this coronavirus self-isolation period, you can head over to the More Than Corporate community on Facebook and interact with some really amazing individuals who are supportive and motivating and kind of push everybody out of their comfort zone. And we focus on goals and figuring out how we can be best of service to everybody around, whether that just be putting a smile on somebody's face or helping them through a problem that they might be having or jumping on a group Zoom call and you know, getting to know each other a little bit more. So if that sounds like a group that you would love to be involved in, we would definitely love to have you. Go over to Facebook, search for More Than Corporate Community, click the request to join button, and there's a couple questions to answer, and then I will gladly approve that, and you can start interacting with the amazing people there. There will also be a link to the community in the show notes if you decide that you would rather just click there. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this absolutely amazing interview with Chris. I'm so thankful that he was able to come on the show and share some of his insight with us. So let's go ahead and get on to that. Chris, thank you so much for jumping on the show with me today. I really appreciate it. I'm so stoked to be here, Amber. Let's rock it. Oh my gosh, your energy is amazing. So <laughs> I um, met Chris through some mutual friends and I had actually been telling myself I needed to reach out to him for a little while. And then I went to a networking event and there he was and it was meant to be. And I'm so Ta excited. Ta -da! <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys to hear his message. So why don't we go ahead and start with kind of what it was like for you growing up, what you thought you were going to do when you were like a kid, what you wanted. I hate the phrase what you wanted to be when you grew up, but let's yes. start there. 
Yes. Well, I, I, first off, thank you so much for inviting me to be here. And I, I totally, the, the journey from thinking I was going to be in the corporate environment for the rest of my life and kind of just be in that box that was totally drilled into me from my parents. Right. And you might see me on this 12 hour live stream every Wednesday, going, go for 12 hours on Facebook. We've done 134 of them so far interviewed around 750 guests. So I just, I love what we're doing, helping people become their greatest possible self. But that was the farthest thing from my mind, Amber. I would say when I was growing up, the thing that I wanted to do was play video games for the rest of my life. Yes. Uh, I got into a phase of designing. Hey, I would love to design video games. I loved computers. I loved taking things apart. I loved solving problems. And I, I think one of the biggest memories that implanted into my being and who I am as like a problem solver, as a coach, as someone who wants to help people achieve their goals is I would sit next to my dad on a stool while he would install video game demos and we'd do it together. And he, I'd like be watching him as he's working on this computer and it's like you know I'm, I'm six years old at in 1997 right and six years old watching him do this stuff the computer is really just starting to blossom the internet is just starting to blossom but I like I grew up with that you know I'm super grateful because my family had this stuff in our home so that I grew up in the digital age I grew up with technology the transition from VHS to DVDs and to be able to see that and kind of be the bridge between the, the previous generation hearing people like Tom Petty and Rolling Stones and all this these classical kind of mindsets and and from the 70s and the 80s and bringing that forward into this millennial digital age um i see myself as the bridge now but back then i was i was this insecure scrawny little white boy who just didn't feel like i fit in anywhere felt awkward just ugh i, I don't like being in seventh and eighth grade i don't like going to new schools who does this, this sucks. i mean <laughs> if i meet anybody that says you know what seventh and eighth grade was like the best part of it's my mine. life they're lying, they're lying. Um, that's nobody says seventh and eighth grade i rocked it and i was really secure and i just felt amazing um, no i think it's amazing what you just said really quickly before we move on with your story first of all the marathon. I want to. I want to give people some context on that because Chris is nuts. So we're just going to throw that out there. <laughs> yes. And I do these podcasts, and I, I schedule maybe like one or two a day. And then this crazy fool is doing like twelve <laughs> hours every Wednesday, and it's live streamed yes. on your Facebook channel and also on YouTube or just your yeah, Facebook channel. Yeah. So okay. it's it's on Facebook right now, just on Facebook, and then we take that twelve hour live streams, three four hour parts, because Facebook only allows you to record four hours at a time. And then we turn that into individual interviews and we release that on podcasts, YouTube, create a blog post, show notes, all that great stuff as well. So I will say that the content is fantastic and I don't know how you do it for 12 hours in a row, but I want you to bottle up your energy. And because like one of the things that I'll say is, is whether you actually feel this way or not, what I notice is that your last interview or your last segment has the same energy as your first segment. And that's so hard to do when you're doing 12 hours at a time. So I really commend you for that. I also wanted to comment on your technology thing because I grew mm. up where I got to see both sides of it, right? So yeah, I can yeah. remember my dad doing his accounting. My dad owned his own construction company, yeah. doing his own accounting on the old like MS-DOS, like, yep. you know, old yep. school. And you're waiting for like AOL to connect. <laughs> so, 60 seconds, like nobody, press sign on, yeah. go walk away, go to the bathroom. <laughs> and pray to God nobody picks up the phone in the right. meantime or else it's going to interrupt anything. And then um, I bridged into 
as you were saying, where technology was coming out. And yeah. I can really resonate with the um, wanting to program in the video games. That was actually my first major. Wow. I went to school for computer programming. So I love that. Yeah. And the problem solving goes so much into what you do right now. Yeah. Yeah. So much. And, and that's, that's, I, I became an electrical engineer. I said, well, I, I'm going to, I want to work with computers and possibly video games, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was real. I didn't think I could go make a career play programming video games for whatever reason that seemed like too far fetched for me. I, I felt like that would classify me as like a loser, right? Like if I was just like, Oh, I'm going to programming video games. Like what am I doing with my life? And my parents are like, like go do something good with your life, you know, like, <laughs> other than play program, play video games. And so I went to school for computer engineering initially. And then once I got there, cause I said, well, computers and engineering, let's see what it is, you know? And then once I got there, I was like, okay, well we can do electrical engineering. Cause I had some friends of mine who were going through this like four year pledge at Cal Poly Pomona where we, like we had to graduate with an electrical engineering degree in four years. So we were going ham, you know, like taking a ton of, ton of classes going every, every summer. Um, but, as that went on, I was, I was raving, I was partying, like I was just, you know, being a rebel while still kind of trying to conform to what my parents expected of me, right? I had built up all this, this resentment and this anxiety and angst of like, I'm not comfortable being me and I don't feel like I'm fitting in and I don't feel like this is the life that I'm meant to be living. Like something's wrong, you know, like in, in my, my story in my six year old psyche that got formed, right? Something's wrong. There's like, I'm, I'm bad. And um, actually one of the, the things that happened is when I was at a, out dirt bike riding in the desert with my dad, when I was six years old, I was riding around by myself and I go over to a porn magazine. I see one just lying on the ground. It's like by a camp campsite and I go see it and I'm like, Oh shoot. I wasn't supposed to see that. Like, uh Oh, you know, I'm bad. Like I, what did, what did I just do? Like this ir irreparable brokenness, this irreparable um, just imprint into my subconscious mind about who I am and like what I, what I represent in the world. And so I think for the rest of my life after that, until I got into like neuro-linguistic programming, which I know you know a ton about and doing a ton of personal development, ton of personal development around my stories, around my subconscious, um, that really influenced me. I didn't feel like I could trust myself around people. I didn't feel like I could really open up. I didn't feel like it was okay to just be me because I thought there was something wrong with me. And if I I truly shared who I was, that people wouldn't like me and that they wouldn't want to want to keep me around. There's that primal trigger in there that, you know, I would get cast out of the, the tribe or whatever fear was there. You know, one of the most freeing things ever is when we finally realize how to let that go. Because I think that that follows us into adulthood. And this is the reason it's, it's kind of crazy. You brought this up because when I said in the beginning, I don't like the phrase, what are you going to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. um, this is why, because I feel like what we know about NLP at this point in time is that the innocent comments that you say to kids make a huge impact. Mm -hmm. And if you say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, why do they have to be something different than what they are now? Mm -hmm. And that like, um, I just, I just feel like there's a better way to ask people what they want to do with their career, but then by telling them they have to become something yeah. other than what they are right now. And I feel like that's kind of what you're talking about with feeling like you couldn't just be you. And, and you made a podcast episode about that, right? About those innocent comments. So everyone go check that out. If you haven't freaking <laughs> checked it out yet, go check out Amber's podcast. It's fire. Um, I do want to talk about that though, because I think that 
in, in some aspects, my parents wanted me to be happy and they wanted me to be fulfilled. I think that is a natural tendency for parents to want their kids to be happy. And what is the, the, what do they do? What do they role model? What are the behaviors that they demonstrate? And my parents role modeled working their butts off. And uh, in particular, like, I love my dad. He's, he's one of my heroes in the aspect of like how much he's provided for our family. Um, just his, his craftsmanship, his handiwork. My mom's an angel. My dad's more of the, the fiery type, you know, got, got, like the warrior, right? He's watches Steelers football and just like, you know, beats on his chest. He's a champion. I love it. And uh, when he lost his job and when I was probably about, I don't know, 13, 14, somewhere, somewhere around there. Um, he got laid off and he was a computer programmer, right? And so I think that that really impacted my subconscious mind in a lot of different ways as I saw him struggle to um, show up and really, really try to get back into the workforce and, and be defeated and, and like kind of get, get kicked while he's down, so to speak. He's just wanted to be a good father, a good provider. His identity was tied up in that, in being that person. And um, he wasn't able to do it. And he goes and gets another job. It wasn't computer programming, wasn't paying as much. Um, but like he, he at least got back into the workforce, which I'm grateful for. Uh, but I think that that really hit a major um, blow to his ego, to his, to his self-worth and who he knew himself as. And I saw that happen. And I think that partly colored my mindset going into electrical engineering school. And, and even towards the end, I'm like, this, like, I'm going through the motions, but this isn't this isn't right. Like, this isn't what my soul is here for. And uh, I was going partying, raving and stuff. And I, I joined a direct sales company six months before I graduated college, because I said, you know, oh, all this data about kind of working for the man and seeing my dad suffer so much and kind of being trapped by a job and being caged up. I have such a big value of freedom. Um, one of these, these opportunities opened up to me, hey, I can go live my dream life. I can go have the house. I can go travel the world. I can go have lots of money. I can go uh, have the woman of my dreams, right? If only I work hard enough. And so this is another thing I really want to share with your listeners, The Growth Mindset by yes. Carol S. S. Dweck. Such a powerful book and, and concept and paradigm shift to wrap your head around is it's not about working your way to, to worthiness. It's about you're already worthy as you are. And if, if you fail, if you mess up, that's great. Like the effort is important. Like it's good to work hard. But I think like just remembering that inherently we are valuable. And so when someone, a kid gets rewarded like I did for going and getting good grades, then all I wanted to do was to get, get good grades and like approve of, of my parents, have my parents approve of me and have them love me. And so I think that that's, that's something where I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want yeah. to like mess up, but behind the scenes, I'm going to be in a troublemaker and like rebelling and saying, screw you, mom and dad, I'm going to do what I want because I had built in this, this internal compass in me of like, oh, well, I'm supposed to please my parents, but I'm, I'm like not actually happy and fulfilled. So like, I'm going to go get my fulfillment and my, my thrills and my, you know, adrenaline rush somewhere else. And I think a lot of people um, are, are really suffering with that too. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And it comes from, I want, I want to touch on a couple of things that you just said. Mm -hmm. And first of all, like the fact that your parents just wanted you to be happy. And I think that we all parent and love in whether it's parent or friends or whatever we're doing siblings yeah. in our perception of the world and for some reason 
I feel like so many people think that in order to be happy, our loved ones have to have something that we never had a chance to have. Mm -hmm. And that's why so much of this push came in our generation to go to college, to do something better, to do something better with your life. Because it's just that natural tendency to think in order to be happy, you have to have this great thing. And that's not always true. You know, you can, like you said, you start filling with things other than what's going to help you out. You start going out there and and for me, it was partying and drinking and doing all that stuff because you're supplementing your life with something else. You're like covering up what you should be doing. Um, And I'm a huge proponent of school and I'm a huge proponent of education, but I'm also a huge proponent of listening to yourself and deciding whether that's actually the right path for you. Mm. And if I remember your story right, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually took that direct sales job and ran with that instead of working in the engineering field for that reason, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw the potential there and I didn't want to be, um, let's say caged, right? I didn't want to be trapped in a nine to five. That was, that was totally not who I was, my, my identity, the, how I saw myself. And, um, I did it for a year. I did this direct sales position for a year and I just quickly got confronted with, I think a lot of millennials will resonate with this as well. At least, you know, for me, a lot of people get kind of babied. Uh, A lot of millennials get babied by their parents. And I think I did have a lot of privilege, a lot of, um, easy life. And I know my parents, they taught me great things. They taught me great values. They taught me to go work hard, um, study hard and things like that. And I also think in certain areas, they, they kind of like rescued me if I was struggling too much, you know, they would, they would be there to save the day versus having me learn a tough lesson and, you know, grow through it. And so I think that, that I, I tried like my face off in direct sales, but I wasn't willing to get uncomfortable enough and I wasn't willing to face enough rejection at the time. And I think in life, you don't, you don't get what you want. You get what you are ready for. You get what you are like energetically capacity, you know, ready for what your soul is ready to, to do your, what, what level we're willing to surrender that old ego, the old identity, the old version of ourselves to let that go, to really step into the new version that we have to become. And I think that the, the pleasure has to be great enough or the pain has to be great enough to be willing to cross that that chasm of letting go of the old to embrace the new and for me i lived a really comfortable life in a lot of ways and so that value of comfortability has driven me and it's it, there's a lot of really great benefits to it i make people feel really great i'm i'm like great energy and you know people feel awesome around me which it's because my my commitment to having people feel good the the mm-hmm. comfort is feel good it it, it's a high value to feel good. What wasn't as high as a value was the achievement, was survival, was you know taking care of my family, providing for myself and the people I care about. And so those were values that were lower. If we're talking about you know neurolinguistic programming and understanding the values that drive us, those were some lower values that was lower than than feel good. But for me, as a kind of entitled younger younger kid. I wanted to feel good. I wanted to just play video games all day long. My brain was hardwired for dopamine releases all the time. I'm, I just want to, I want to feel good. I want to train my, my, you know, brain to just keep feeling good and to go out and do business like business oftentimes is not a quick release dopamine activity. It takes, no. it takes a lot of freaking work to get those even like a little bit of dopamine and, and start to feel good, you know? 
Yeah, no, it does. And honestly, one of the things that I recently read in two different books, um, which I'm sure you're familiar with, but Never Split the Difference with Chris Voss and um, Steve Sims' book, Blue Fishing, Mm -hmm. um, they both talk about no. So um, Never Split the Difference talks about no being the beginning of the conversation, not the end of it, that you can really start negotiating with somebody after they say no. And then immediately after that, I read Chris's book where, I'm sorry, Steve's book, where he talked about we're programmed from a young age to hear no and mean that that means stop. Mm. Like, don't touch this, don't do that. And then you get into a direct sales company or business or anything in life and you hear no and you're like, okay, I guess that means no. And we have to to reprogram ourselves to realize that no doesn't mean no. Like, no Mm. just means you're not presenting something the right way. No means find a different way around it. There's a different path to get there. And it's really interesting because we have to be told no sometimes in our life as a kid or else we would never make it to adulthood. Like I know that I would have probably jumped off a cliff without my mom saying no. Like (laughs) I I was adventurous and I go do things and, um, and that protects you. But then you get older and that idea of no destroys you. Mm. And so I think that's really interesting that you experienced that in the multi-level marketing world because, or the network marketing world, because there is no place in the world that you hear no more than network marketing. Yeah, it's 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 huge, and um, I'm I'm so grateful for that experience. And I think that's that's one thing that sets a, sets apart people who get defeated and overcome by the situation or the circumstance or the or the defeat, and those who rise above it. Right? Like I just kept showing up. I kept trying to find a different way, a different route, something else that would take me to where I wanted to go. I kept investing in myself. I kept getting around people who were in far worse situa- situations than me. You know, after interviewing 750 guests in the last three years, I have heard some painful stories, painful stories of loss, of suffering, of like, how could you ever come back from that? You know, how could you ever keep moving forward? How would you have hope? How would you um, take another step, you know, in, in such a disempowering situation. I, I had my own kind of rock bottom. Um, I was at a, at a rave. And uh, next thing I know, I'm, I'm just in a really dark, scary place, right? I was, I was just getting in trouble, not, not thinking with my head straight. Thankfully, there's nothing serious that ever went on my record. But like, it was such a dark time that I said, okay, if I get through this, like, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to being the best version of myself. And this is like seven years ago or so. And um, I just felt like I was being guided by something, you know, like I didn't know if there was God, source, universe, creator, whatever, uh, higher power. But I just, I felt like I was being protected in that because it could have been so much worse. And that rock bottom moment, like really, when I look back on it now, like, I know that it happened for a reason. I know that it was there. And I'm grateful that it happened to guide me into my mission today, which is for those people who feel like they don't have a purpose for those people who feel like, you know, they don't matter, their voice doesn't matter. Like I felt I felt insignificant. I felt like, why, why am I even here? Uh, it wouldn't matter if I was, I was here or not, you know, like who cares if I go party, who cares if I go um, get in trouble? Nobody, nobody minds. Like I'm not hurting my parents. I'm not hurting anyone, you know, like totally in my own world because I'm so hurt and I'm so afraid to open up um, and share with people. But it was in that moment that I really, like I decided that I'm here to bring the, the opportunity for people to be seen to be heard, to be loved, to be, to be felt, to be acknowledged. And I think that's one of my greatest gifts is like just listening to people, 
just being it. present with people. Cause that's, that's what so many people want. And they're like all of our friends, the people in our, our social circles, um, our family, et cetera. So many of them are just on the hamster wheel of life, just going, going, going. And if someone really just cared and, and asked, Hey, how are you doing? And then they say, Oh, you know, I'm doing okay. And, and you ask, no, really, how are you doing? Yeah. That's amazing. So is that rock bottom situation that you just talked about at the rave, is that kind of when you started your personal development journey or did it take some time for you after that to really take those first steps? Yeah, I was actually, I was trying to live two lives back then. I was wanting to do the personal development. I was in direct sales. I've been doing it for uh, almost a year at that point, actually. And um, so I'd been doing a ton of personal development, thankfully brainwashing myself to think in positivity and gratitude and goal settings, things, things like that in what's possible and possibility versus before direct sales. I would say I was pretty, um, pretty cynical pretty like, you know, like screw you, you know, and, and snarky and just disempowering jaded kind of thing. Um, but then about a year after, after doing the personal development hit that rock bottom and I just knew, Hey, like I have a choice to make. I'm either going to keep going down this path and wind up dead or in jail or even worse. I don't know what that worse would be, but you know, it would be terrible. Uh, or I can turn my life around because I know I'm causing so much heartbreak and pain and suffering to the people around me. And, and I, I'm like, I love people so much, you know, like I love people so much. And to know that I was causing my mom, my dad and, and the people around me so much pain because of my actions, because of being irresponsible, because of pretending like I didn't care or I didn't care about myself or I didn't care about them. Um, it really woke me up. It really, it, it um, sensitized me to the, how I was being, the identity that I was living through. And I just got, got massive clarity. I think that's, that's one thing that brings is, is massive clarity. So I started going to Toastmasters, doing way more personal development, um, became a, a coach because I'd been practicing speaking on stages and said, I want to share this stuff with people. I want to empower people with this. That was about five years ago. And then from there, just really been on the journey of how do I articulate my gifts to the best of my ability? Because I think a lot of people might have that wake up call moment and say, all right, I know I'm here for something. But then like, how do you actually articulate that? How do you live that? And I love what you're doing, Amber, because I think when, when you have a podcast, you're really able to communicate more effectively and discover how do you, how do you verbalize what is your highest truth, your deepest truth. And you, you come across so many awesome people and you hear what resonates from, from what they say. And you're like, yes, that's, that's a soul. Heck yes. Bring it more, 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 you know? Oh yeah. So, no, awesome. I feel like I'm processing constantly. Like I hear people talk and it's like, <laughs> so starting this podcast, you know, you went through it yeah. is like one of the most terrifying things before you launch that first episode, you're like, nobody's going to listen. Nobody cares. <laughs> like I don't have anything to say. And then you realize that you're changing lives and you get to talk to people who also are out there changing lives. Yeah. And it's like the people that I get to communicate with through the podcast, like you, like so many amazing guests that I've had just completely make my day. Like I almost feel like it's a refresh. I want to um, touch on something that you said about brainwashing yourself. Cause I think this is so important. Like, and in, in the personal development world, like it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry that's built on people consuming content. And then like half of them not acting and consuming mm. that same content over and over and over again. Right. And one of the things that I've noticed recently, as I've been going through my Facebook timeline to put together some stuff for a book is the things that I was posting about four years ago, mm. where I would post something and now I'm like, 
oh, that, that was kind of powerful. I really wish that I knew what that actually meant back then. You know what I mean? Like you're posting something and you're like, I know when I was in that headspace that I was posting this to try to make myself feel better. Like you said, brainwashing yourself with personal development, but I really didn't understand what it meant until four years later. And so I think that that's super important to touch on. And I would love your input on the fact that this personal development thing doesn't happen overnight, that like you're Mm. planting seeds for yourself for years and years to come. And it might be something you post or something you read four years ago that finally hits now that changes your life. Can you Mm. talk about that for a minute and what your experiences with that are? Yeah, Amber, this is, this is so great. And I, I made a lifestyle, a paradigm altering decision that the way that I was living things would no longer work, right? Like the way that, the way that I was showing up, the way that I, my attitude was sabotaging me, the results that I was getting, it would no longer work. So I said, okay, like personal development for me, this is lifelong. This is a way of being. This is something I will continue doing for the rest of my life. This is not a temporary fix. It's not something to, um, you know, just put a Band-Aid over my crappy life that is falling apart. No, this is like, this is, it's going to be a painful, disrupting process. I'm probably going to have to go into old wounds and traumas and, you know, like keep practicing these things that are uncomfortable and we're going to suck at it. Just like anything that you do, if you haven't done it before, you know, every master was once a disaster. You're going to suck at it, right? You're going to suck at anything that's new for you. And some people might be naturally more gifted and empowered and inclined because of their parents and because of their upbringing, because their environment, things like that. Some people might have read a lot of books. Some people may have read no books in high school, right? And now they're like, I have never read a book and now I'm supposed to be reading personal development. Like what, you know? And so I would say just start with whatever is, is, um, in your intuition, like what, whatever feels the closest to you. Don't try to fit someone's mold. Right. I know, I love how Elrod, he has a, a thing called the miracle morning. Um, he has a formula called savers. Right. And so there's these different things like exercising, journaling, um, envisioning, different things like that. So you can find whatever one of those sticks out the most to you. You can go check out Miracle Morning Fall That. But even more simpler is start with one. Start with one thing that you that you want to do. If you're really a visual person, you like to watch movies or something like that a lot, then just close your eyes and practice visualization for a couple minutes a day. Like just get started with that. Put a timer on. Um, tell Amber that you're going to be consistent with this and have her you know stay connected with you and and uh, follow you and watch you on that and make sure that you're executing on it you know whatever your system is but there has to be a process that you submit yourself to and i think so many people want the goal they want the destination they want the outcome without being willing to submit themselves to the process time and time and time and time again and for me it's like this is the process. 134 12 hour live streams. This is the process. It's not like glamorous in terms of like, oh, now I have millions of dollars in the bank account. No, like it's, it's still every day I'm working on how do I create better content? Every day the question I ask is like, am I really serving my audience to the best of my ability? What can I do to, to do that even more effectively? How can I really ask them what it is that they want and what they need and really deliver that instead of pretending like I have all the answers, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. We just think, oh, this is such a great idea. I'm going to go deliver this. But those, those real tough questions and being like radically vulnerable with people and asking like, what do you need? Like, what, what, are you, what are you suffering with right now? And I think a lot of people don't ha- take the time to have that conversation. So back to personal development, I just, it's so 
it's such a part of who I am. And for me, it's that value of growth. And I think for anyone who's wanting to get to where you want to go, create breakthroughs, create transformation, talk to Amber, because she's going to help you rearrange those values. And so you can like really be an empowered human being and, and just have a life instead of valuing something like relaxation, which is good. It's good to value that or valuing TV or valuing um, partying. You put your value into something that's going to really make a difference for you, for you, for you, for your soul, for your legacy, for your fulfillment. What is that? I think it's making a contribution. I think it's service. I think it's finding your gifts and using them, leveraging them to make other people's lives better. Yeah, I love that so much. And honestly, we were talking about this before we actually jumped on today. But when when you're talking about values, there there are values you don't even know you have. So when yep. you're you're living a life that you're like, I just don't know why I keep self-sabotaging myself. I don't know why I keep eating out every day instead of cooking. I don't know why I keep spending all my money, whatever it is having somebody elicit those values for you, you listen to it and you're like, is, is that really me? Because that's not who I want to be. And that's one of the hardest things that you do. Like you, like you said, commit to something. Personal development sucks. It's so damn hard. Um, and there's so many amazing things that come out of it, but it's not easy in any way, shape or form. And so I love that you brought that out. Yeah. So I want to know where this crazy 12 hour marathon idea came from, how it got started and like what, what was in your Wheaties the morning you decided this was a good idea? <laughs> I, I think we all, a lot of people aspire to do something super different, right? And, and um, make a big splash and a big impact in the world. And for me, I, I was with my business partner, Wayne, who I'm still with today. And at the time, we're like, we want to generate more, more impact. We want to generate more customers, more revenue with our coaching, as well as like team up and work with other people who are doing great work in the world. What can we do? And so I went to a previous business coach of mine, Joe Nicasio, and he has a, a program, Employee Escape Plan, and um, asked him like, hey, what do you got going on? How can we support you? And so he's doing a, a webinar within the next week when I talked to him three years ago. And so I said, okay, let's promote this webinar and get people there. Like, let's, let's co-promote co it. I'll be there. I'll show up. And so two days before the webinar, we've been promoting all week. And we said, dude, how can we get more registrations? What can we do that will really catch people's attention? That will really just kind of shock people and have them say, oh, my gosh, I got to check this out. And so Wayne and I were like, well, Chris, you're already doing these Facebook lives. Why don't you do like a longer one, like a telethon style one, like not four hours. It's probably been done before. What about eight hours? No, it's not, not epic enough, you know? And he said, what about 12 hours straight? And he said, that's it. We are doing a 12 hour live stream. So this was two days before this webinar. <laughs> and we said, okay, we're doing the live stream tomorrow. And uh, we're going to be promoting this webinar all day long on the 12 hour live stream. And so we did that first 12 hour live stream had like, I don't know, 6,000 views, hundreds of comments, shares and engagements. It was, it was epic, right? In terms of what, what's possible and just so much fun, you know, challenging ourselves. You've, you've done these obstacle courses where it's like, I'm going to put my entire being into getting through this, right? In, into, into surviving, into victory, into crossing the finish line. And that's the kind of mentality that we started with. It's like, we're going to put our entire being into this 12 hour live stream, making it entertaining, delivering value. Originally it was just me and my business partner, Wayne. Uh, and then I started just doing them on my own, but bringing on other guests to interview. And so that first one, we look back a couple of days later, we're like, 
we got to keep doing this. This is gold. Nobody's doing a 12 hour live stream. We have to master this formula because I'm crazy enough to do this every week. So let's keep doing it. Let's go, you know, so start doing it every week. And, um, it's, it's just been, it's been such a portal of, of awareness of who I am, um, connection, like, I, I cannot recommend starting a podcast enough for the right people. I'm not saying it's it's for everyone. It's definitely not. But for the people who really want to build their, their brand, who want to connect with awesome influencers, who want to give back to their audience in a really deep, intimate, connected way. Um, I, I just love what podcasting has done for me. The consistency, like saying I'm going to show up again and again and again, that, that content creation, it's like the reps, you know, like Michael Jordan, how did he become one of the world's best? Because of the freaking reps he put in at practice. He just kept shooting and shooting and shooting, doing the drills, doing the drills. John Wooden's another really, really great coach I, I admire. He talks about those basics, those fundamentals. If we master that stuff, then anything is possible. So um, just find out what are your fundamentals? What are your basics what thing moves the needle for you is it content creation is it sales calls is it um you know networking what is it for you find that thing and just execute effective efficient consistent i love it and that's a, um an amazing segue into the second part of this podcast which is all about defining your own idea of success mm. and i ask everybody this question what does success mean to you now mm. And how has that definition changed for you throughout your life? Wow. Wow. Uh, we'll start with what it meant before, because I think it's just easiest. Um, what it meant when I was especially like 21 years old is success meant the house. It meant being wealthy. It felt, meant luxury. It meant multiple women. I wanted to be a player. I wanted to, you know, do whatever I wanted because that deep insecure ego just wanted to fill the void. Right. And so um, that's at 21 when I discovered network marketing and what was possible in the world. Because before that, I had no ambition of being massively wealthy or rich. You know, like I was like, I was cool with 150K a year as an engineer, like in topped out at 45, 50, something like that. Like that's, that's my life. Cool. Um, but I started dreaming bigger. Um, before that, success was video games and just being able to play video games whenever I want. So I think that freedom um, has kind of been a through line for me. Uh, and today, success is really just being being at home with the woman of my dreams, Petya. She's she's like a goddess. She's a queen, and um, just reminds me how to be the best version of myself every single day. She's constantly reflecting back to me the the massive value that I add to to people. Just the great human being that I am. Um, so success is just staying present with her, with the people who I care about most, with my clients, with um, just the great work that I'm doing in the world. Even, even though I may not necessarily help someone launch a podcast every single day, when I, when I do, when I, when I launch these podcasts, when I um, coach people to improve their, their message and do that more effectively, when I interview people on our 12-hour marathon, help them get their message out and reach our audience, um, success for me is just like every day, being grateful, like really embodying gratitude, not just, not just saying thank you, but like, what is it, what does it really mean to embody gratitude, to embody appreciation, to embody being, being in the present moment. So I think success is really being present with everything that is and everything that isn't and just enjoying life. I love it. I love it so much. So my second question that's not 
easy to answer either, but I'm so intrigued with the answers that I've been getting. I see this like happiness, chicken and the egg scenario, right? Does fulfillment come first or does success come first? Mm-hmm. And I will, I want to know for you, do you think that you find fulfillment and then you find success or you find success and then fulfillment comes afterwards? It's a great question. Um, in my opinion, all there is is now. All there is is this moment. So I don't believe that you can have true fulfillment without true success in this moment, right? Like success is doing what you, what you want because you say you want to, right? It's, it's choosing, it's choosing your life. And you might have like something that just went wrong, you know, like for example, the, this, this coronavirus and all the crap that's going on, right? Like you can choose to be like in total chaos and fear and like, like terrified, or you can say, Hey, I choose this coronavirus and I choose to be healthy and I choose to be well. And I choose my life exactly as it is. So I'm going to choose that. And I'm going to choose to have a positive attitude. I'm going to choose to show up in, in um, good spirits and good mood and good attitude in spite of all those things. So for me, fulfillment and success, they go hand in hand because you really just get to choose your life. All it is, is, is choosing right now. I think in terms of material success, um, I think a lot of people have achieved success without fulfillment. I think a lot of people have achieved fulfillment without material success. So I don't think either one is, is dependent on the other. I think it's what do, you, what do you choose to focus on and what do you choose to embrace more of? What do you, what do you, want, your, what do you want to direct your conscious attention to? And for some people, they might be pushing away success because they want it so bad, material success. They might be so desperate for it. Um, so in that case, I think that choosing to be fulfilled and and grateful with what is would allow that success to come faster. I love it. And I'm having a little squirrel moment right now. So (laughs) did you see the article that recently came out about all the people who are traveling in the coronavirus and everybody's like, because flights are so cheap and they're like, if Mm. I die, I die. I'm going to enjoy my life. (laughs) And to me, like that's true fulfillment. Like I'm going to go live my life. And if I die, I die. (laughs) But no, I'm a squirrel. Sorry guys. You guys, you guys know me enough by now. All right. So you mentioned obstacle course races earlier. Uh, My listeners know that that's a huge part of my story. I always like to ask people how they push themselves out of their comfort zone every day. Mm -hmm. Mm. Every day. Um, let's say every day, I think it's the little things like doing a cold shower, right? Like I'm not as consistent as I'd like to be with pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. I think it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of intentionality and focus and discipline to continuously expand that. And um, I I think a certain level of like obsession and insanity of like willingness to be that uncomfortable all the time. Um, So I think there's a select reservation of humans there like david goggins who's just an absolute animal Insane. you know <laughs> like, that guy that guy probably is like i challenge myself and push myself outside of my comfort zone every day uh for me though like cold showers is is something that's like more more consistent um even the simple thing like opening up a message that i might have a you know a, a fear of what does this person think about me you know and that it's like the little things that we don't we don't give ourselves credit for if it's going to the gym when you didn't feel like doing it, if it's, if it's, um, you know, making breakfast when you didn't feel like doing it, or, you know, for me washing the dishes for Petia so that she's happy when I didn't feel like doing it, it's uncomfortable, but I know it's, it's better for us, for our relationship, for our happiness in the long run. But in terms of, um, like bigger things, I think that's also important to have these, these, these threshold moments where you just totally 
break the F through and, and create a whole new level of normal for you. Um, I've done things like gone to Cal State Fullerton in Southern California when I was in my direct sales company. I wanted to break through my fear of rejection. And so I said, I'm going to go ask 50 women for their phone numbers just as fast as I can. Just go ask, 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 ask. And so I did. And I didn't care if I got the numbers or not. I don't, I don't even think I kept anyone's number. I just kept asking. And I got 50, 50, um, 50 asks. I think I probably got like, I don't know, 15 yeses or something like that. And I just, I said, no, I'm, thanks. I'm good. I'm just like, I'm doing this it's like exercise. Um, so that was, that was one big one. And then I would say an even bigger one, which was a month before I met Petia was, um, I went out to Santa Monica pier and I, uh, I was recording on Facebook live me walking up to random women and asking for a kiss on the lips. And uh, I was recording myself and it was the most, like one of the most uncomfortable things ever. Like I'm like getting giddy, like a little kid. It's like everything is coming out and just like the most real raw version of Chris Burns. Um, but I ended up asking like eight and got, got a, a kiss on the eighth. Um, but that was, it was something where I like intentionally put myself in a really challenging, uncomfortable situation because it's like sink or swim, you know, like what am, what am I going to do here? How am I going to, how am I going to break through? How am I going to achieve my goal? And I think having moments like that, where we, where we set up something like that, maybe it's jumping out a plane for someone, maybe it's eating a, a cricket or something. I don't know, whatever insect. <laughs> Your face. No go. No crickets in my lifetime. I'm out. <laughs> so it's, it's just challenge yourself, find out what you're most afraid of and then, and then do it. And one of the things I want to hit on, because I think it's so important that you just said is when you said to push yourself out of your normal and your normal changes. Yep. So like as you push yourself and you do these crazy things, those crazy things can become your normal. And then you have to find more crazy things to do. And so it's not like I pushed myself out of this comfort zone this once and I was good with it. It's like, okay, how do you get to that next level? And it's not always physical and it's not always like some crazy stuff. Like it can be being vulnerable with somebody. It can be like really simple things. The cold shower thing is a game changer. Yeah. Um, and, and I will admit I'm not as, as consistent on that as I should be, but, um, like five minutes in a, in a cold shower is, is so crazy to set your day up with, <laughs> but it's so helpful. So, yes. Yes. um, and that kind of goes into the morning routine thing that you were talking about previously too, is like yeah. put something in your morning routine that, pushes you a little bit that sets your day up like do a mixture of little small things yeah. with maybe something that pushes you out of your comfort zone and sets your day up right so yeah i, I would, love I would, it i would create a bucket list for the year like what do you want to accomplish this year what sounds like fun exciting exhilarating scary uh and then plan based on quarters like hey what do i want to do this quarter that's on my bucket yep. list you know it's like super super practical just take a list and write down some things that seem fun or exciting to you it might be uncomfortable for you to go test drive a new car like a bmw like that might be a, a outside of your comfort zone you know like whatever it is but it but it's also fun and rewarding and like feels good to you. So like these things don't have to necessarily be like, Oh my gosh, like I, I'm so scared for my life or, you know, like my identity is, is being deconstructed. It could just be like something that's just a little challenging, but also rewarding and fulfilling for you. Yeah. I love the bucket list idea. And what I'll share with you,
you guys is that you should find yourself a bucket list accountability partner because mm-hmm. it is real easy for that bucket list to end up in, in, in like a drawer <laughs> and forget that you ever made it and be like, what bucket list? So make yep. sure that you have somebody holding you accountable for that. Um, cause our brain will do some amazing things to keep us in our comfort zone and yeah. you'll be like, I lost my bucket list. So. Well, I, what I do is I post it up. Um, I actually have it in three locations. I have it one, um, cause I, I wrote down 101 things, hundred plus things that I want to be, do and have in 2020. So for me and Petia, we both created our, our list. And so I put it um, right by the mirror where I brush my teeth. So every time I'm brushing my teeth, I got nothing else better to do. So I'm gonna go look at this list, right? Like let's, <laughs> let's go look at the, the 101 things. And that way it's just top of mind. Um, I have it right in front of me on my wall in my office. And I also have it in another bathroom. So I would say don't put these important documents and things that you write down, breakthroughs, new awareness, new shifts of consciousness, of identity, put it somewhere where you see it. So you keep reminding yourself that you've already gone through this and like, remember it, put it on your fridge, put it in your car, like whatever it is, whatever's going to re-trigger you back to remembering, hey, like I have already paid my dues in this area. I already have earned this. I, I like, I know what I'm going for. I'm clear. I'm not, I'm not just guessing. I'm not pretending like I don't have the clarity on what I'm supposed to freaking do next. That's right. I already kind of did five years of personal development and I know who I am. I just, I'm just pretending like I'm spinning my wheels and I'm not making progress and I'm not focusing on my you know, top priority activities. Well, how do you, how do you break through that? One, you hire a coach like me so we can like absolutely transform your results, get you, inflow or amber because she's awesome too just find someone who's going to transform your life and uh just yeah accountability partner set up the processes submit yourself to the process and uh yeah yeah i love it um my bedroom or not my bedroom my bathroom mirror looks like a dorm room for that reason like i (laughs) have i have dry erase markers and like all of my stuff gets written on my dry erase markers and like every time i'm bringing somebody over and they're like can i use your bathroom i'm like just don't judge my mirror (laughs) there's so much on my mirror um one of my favorite things this is the last thing i'll say on this topic because i think it's so cool um one of my friends that you may know mike gillespie um Mm -hmm. he has he had this realization that you only have 18 summers with your kids before they move out of your house. And he has, he has, I think two kids. Um, and so they created a summer bucket list. Like they sat down as a family and was like, what do we want to do this summer? Um, and scratch those off. And so like, if you're out there and you have kids, like don't take for granted the summertime that you have with them and incorporate this idea of a bucket list into your routine with your kids at a young age, because it's only going to help propel them when they get older and start pushing themselves out of their comfort zone. Yeah, it's it's like really getting curious about what do you want? Let's make a list of what do you want and then let's figure out ways to get it. You know, like that that's problem solving, creating your reality 101. Like if if people are not teaching their kids that, that's that's some gold right there. I love it. I love it, man. That's um some powerful conversation. So before we wrap up, um, I want to do a quick random round and let people into the mind of Chris a little bit. Let them get to know you a little bit. You okay with that? It's totally unscripted. Let's do this. All right. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Um, 
to attempt. Okay, so like growing up, I wanted to be a dirt bike rider. I was, I was just like, okay, let's let's go ride dirt bikes, motocross. Um, you know, like totally be a bro. Um, I thought that would be good, but also I think acting. For me, I always saw something alluring to acting that I have a, a wild array of personality that I could totally just embody and step into. And I think that, that would be fun to just like practice these different characters and different accents and different ways of being you know <laughs> <laughs> all right on that note no i'm just kidding um no i could totally see the acting side of of things for you um if you could time travel where would you go and why Ooh. Uh... I would go, I would go to the future. I am such a futurist. I love the future. I would, I don't know what time I would go to though. There's so many beautiful times and like different things that might be happening, but I would say uh, probably not too far because then I would, I, my brain probably wouldn't be able to comprehend all the things that are happening. So I would probably travel to 2100. I would just like want to go a little bit out in the future and be like, all right, now uh, let's, let's rock it. <laughs> love it. I love it. All right. So throughout your life, what personality trait has been most helpful to you? Mm. Um, being studious, being okay. studious. I've, I've been uh, like so disciplined in my studies for like school because that's what I was taught to do. And, um, I did that with personal development. I was the most voracious, hungry learner and reader. Uh, so I have all the answers one because I'm driven by being, by looking good, right? I love looking good and having all the right answers and being well-spoken well-communicated, uh, great energy. Um, and like, I just knowing the concepts, like I have the words now it's like, how do I live even deeper? Like I'm, I'd say I'm already embodying a lot of things pretty well. And that's why I come across with great energy, authentic, real, that kind of thing. Um, and for me personally, knowing who I could be and the impact that I'm committed to creating, like just a deeper level of embodiment and then time, like just continue to practice that stuff, um, continue to study, continue to integrate it into my philosophy. Love it. Um, when you're reading books, are you a physical book holder, highlighter, or do you mm. like audiobooks? That's a great question. Um, I think it depends on how I want to consume the information best integration is definitely physical book with the highlighter. Um, so I can like take, take notes and take it in. It's like, if I, if I can feel it, if I can see it, if I'm reading it, I'm hearing it in my mind, that's the most impactful. But as far as effectiveness in today's day and age, constantly go, go, go. Uh, I definitely love the audio books to just like be programming my mind all the time. Love it. Um, what book would you recommend to people, um, as a book that they should read? Yeah. Compound Effect by Darren yes. Hardy. It was the very first personal development book that I read and just totally set me on a path of, hey, I know this is going to take a little bit, so let's buckle in and enjoy the ride. <laughs> so I recently just reread Compound Effect because it was also Ooh. the first book that I read wow. um, when I started in network marketing yeah. and failed miserably. Yes. And I realized <laughs> how... Um, little of that book I actually comprehended because I wasn't ready wow. for it. So when wow. I reread it, it was like mind blowing to me. I'm a music nerd. So I have to know what song motivates you right now. Ooh. Um, okay. So I have just been in this, this, um, metal metal mindset as I lay dying has a song called forsaken that I just keep blasting at the, at the gym. And it's just like going ham. So that's, that's it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Do you have a morning routine? And if so, give us a little idea of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I like to wake up earlier than Petia. So uh, yeah, if, if, 
possible, I would love to do my morning routine with her, but usually she likes to sleep in like an hour later than me. So I go into my office, I meditate for anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes, sometimes an hour, but usually it's 30 to 40 minutes. Start off with meditation. Um, I lay down on the ground and I am doing affirmations while I'm stretching. I love to stretch my body, love to be agile. I think that creates an agile mind as well, if you have a you know nimble physical body. So I stretch for probably about 10 minutes. Um, sometimes I'll read during that time period as well, read Bible. Um, that's what I've been doing recently. And then typically I'll go eat breakfast with Petia and then do some journaling and appreciation for the day. Awesome. I love it. All right. So I know that you have some really exciting things coming up. You have your 12 hour marathon that happens every Wednesday. You're also launching some podcast courses that I'm sure that many of the people that listen to this would be interested in. And then just your amazing personality. So if people want to reach out and connect with you for any of those things, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on facebook.com forward slash TH3 Burns. That's my Facebook personal profile, Instagram at I am millionaire Chris. Find me on there. I am the being and becoming of millionaire Chris. It is, it is in progress and I love it. I love the journey. And as far as launching your podcast, uh, I just really want to talk to you for someone who's, who's committed to getting your message out. You're tuning into Amber's podcast. Go check out Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. We do it live on the Facebook live stream uh, every Wednesday on my personal profile. Profile. Definitely follow my stuff, post other inspirational stuff throughout the week as well. Um, and then also the website to get the individual episodes for the marathon, beyourgps.com, B-E-Y-O-U-R-G-P-S.com, greatest possible self. Uh, and as far as for you launching your podcast, I just, I want to say if you have conversations with people and you're like, man, we should have recorded this. Some, someone needed to hear this somewhere, right? That is one of those breadcrumbs is those like moments of intuition of like hearing that there's something more for you, for your message, for what you're sharing, for what you're talking about. Uh, and then it's, it's really going to make a difference for people. And when you share it, you're going to come from this place of service and wanting to make a difference and wanting to make an impact uh, in people's lives. So think about that. If you have conversation, you're like, we should have recorded this. This is great. Um, and also, if you really want to build a tribe, you want to build your impact, I think. And, and if you want to find out who you are at, at a, so much deeper of a level, if you want to associate it with a higher level of people, then like definitely launching a podcast could be the thing that makes a difference for you. I'm not saying it's the only thing, but for me, it's made a massive difference for a lot of my friends, for a lot of people in, um, who come on a show, like just, there's a lot of podcasters out there and how do you stand out? I think that's the real question is how do you stand out? And for me, we have this 12 hour live stream and a lot of people are like, dude, you're crazy. I could never do that. That's good because I don't want anyone to be Chris Burns. I want you to be you and you have a secret sauce. You have a special way of doing things. And if you can't see that or if you can't recognize that, then that's why you bring someone like me into your corner, standing shoulder to shoulder with you, looking out at your life, at what happened in your life, at your journey, at your gifts, at what, what's really been impactful for you? What shaped your story? Who needs to hear your message right now? Who's the person who's like suffering, who's dying to hear it? And let's figure out how do you get in front of them? Let's go serve some people. Let's go inspire people and make this world a better place because I truly believe everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a, a reason why we're here. And I believe that we're all, we all deserve to be and become our greatest possible selves. So let's go on the journey together. It sucks alone. It's fucking part of my French. It's terrible alone. It is, it is just 
absolutely no thank you alone. But when you, when you have a team, a tribe and people around you, uh, anything's possible. I love it. It's nothing they haven't heard from me anyway. So go ahead and um, swear away. And I don't really think that there's anything else I can say that closes the show out better than that, man. So um, I have, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Like I said, I always love your energy. You always bring me up and dinner goes way too long when we hang out. Like we just, what, two hours, I think. But no, it was, it was amazing. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insight with everybody. I really appreciate it. And thank you everyone for your, for your time and for your energy, for like really choosing to have the courage to be fulfilled, to live a fulfilled life and to surround yourself with people, inspiring human beings like yourself, Amber. I'm, I'm really honored to be a part of your journey, to amplify our impact together and, and make a freaking difference. And so I just want to say, my name is Chris Burns and I'm the host of Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. And if you want to really define your life and learn skills to live your best life, then you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend, Amber Furman. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.